Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio WLMW 90.7 FM Manchester, New Hampshire, KKBB Radio in Las Vegas, Real Talk 93.3 The Voice of Freedom in St. Louis, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Welcome in to our November special of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, where we are featuring each episode the full-length interview of one of our families or doctors or experts featured in the film Shot Dead, our new uh, documentary that we just premiered, thanks to We the Patriots USA at ShotDead.org. You can view it for free on demand. Please share it with your friends. That's the biggest way that you can help us get the word out and help people have informed consent because this is all about the kids. You will see this in the documentary. This is exclusively about children and babies who have lost their lives to the shot. They are trying to do it over and over again. They have the RSV shot out for pregnant women that they put pregnant women through clinical trials. This is an MMR shot and now Pregnant women are being told to get this on top of the COVID shot, on top of the flu shot, on top of the DTAP shot, you name it. Today, we are showing you the full length interview of Tori White and her family, her, her father and grandfather of the of the deceased baby, Naomi White, Jeff White, and um, his wife, Rhonda, um, Tori's mother. And you'll also see Tori's two-year-old Piper in this interview, um, you know, Piper, Tori had two years prior, perfectly healthy pregnancy. My heart goes out to her. You'll you'll hear why she was mandated to get this shot in her first trimester. I understand that. I know what it's like to receive that pressure. I was pregnant during the shot rollout. I know what it was like to be pressured to get this shot. I know what it was like to face discrimination and ostracization for not doing so. And um, so my heart goes out to Tori. This is such a heartbreaking story. She carried this baby for nine months and gives birth. The baby goes on to die. It is such a heartbreaking story. And it's so heartbreaking when you see it all woven together in our full-length film, Shot Dead at ShotDead.org. And you see the money trail behind the American College of OBGYNs and why they were pushing this on pregnant women. It is revealed in our documentary. So today you will hear from Tori White in the special, uh, the special feature of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. For 10% off, use code WETHEPATRIOTS at carnivorebar.com. That's WETHEPATRIOTS with an S at carnivorebar.com for 10% off. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Well, when uh, things started to materialize for this for this day, uh, <clears throat> thought it'd be awfully neat to have uh, 
have as much of our family involved in it as we could. So my Sharon, uh, my, my sister Sharon uh, is, a, is a wonderful artist. Some of the stuff she's done always has been. And uh, she got that gene. I, I can't draw a, a good stick man. But uh, I asked her if she would uh, if she'd put something together on on uh, on a canvas, and that's what she came up with, our little angel, and uh, got her her birth date and date of her passing and, and her name, um, uh, Naomi Laney White, and uh, so that that was her contribution. She was just tickled to death to do it. So. Um, and that over there, Ron, do you want to tell them about that picture? This, we were trying to find a picture for the obituary. And this one just shows where Tori's telling her goodbye. So we printed it. Um, of course, it's not in the obituary, but it was one we found for it. So, sad. I don't even remember much about that night. I saw on, I guess, uh, what's the correct word for it? Sedation. Well, yeah, I was sedated pretty much. Longest. Kind of a blur. Yeah. Not something you want to remember. No. Yeah, by the time the picture was taken, she had already passed. And the, uh, uh, the nurse wanted us to go back to her room where they could fix her up to get photos for us to take, uh, you know, to bring back home with us and to remember her by. And um, that was a dress we brought up, and that, that was the one she was going to go home in, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Ended up uh, going home in a different way. So, but uh, very pretty, very pretty picture of a beautiful baby. And she was perfect in every way, um, except one, one terrible way. But uh, this is... Uh, this is her memory box that the uh, that the hospital staff put together for us. And they were, I, I can't say one bad thing about the the hospital staff. They were they were fantastic, uh, so understanding, and uh, you know, being a being a retired preacher, I used to ask uh, people in labor and delivery. I said, "So, what's it like having the best job in the world?" And they said, "When it's good, there's nothing better. When it's bad, there's nothing worse." And you know, I totally agree with that. But here are a few things that, that they put together for us. This, this tells about what, what the box is, is for to, to remember that day by. Um, this was a, a heart, uh, just a little, a little heart. I think they were going to put her hands on it, but uh, I don't think we have any pictures of her hands on holding this, this heart. But uh, I uh, these were a couple of hats that uh, she would have worn. Just tiny, tiny, but so yeah, so little. And this is a card, a uh, couple of cards from the uh, hospital staff. Uh, got her little footprints and. Uh, you know, just a couple of locks of her hair. Yeah, yeah. 
Her hair, I can just like, I can just see her face. Remember what she mentioned she looked like. Mm-hmm. What do you remember most about what she was doing? Mm-hmm. I only got to see her for a split second at first, but I don't know. Okay. And this is a card that they. Uh, that they all shared with us it says uh, when someone comes into our lives and they're too quietly and quickly gone, they leave footprints on our hearts and their memory stays with us uh, forever. And each of the girls that was working there that night signed a real nice little, little thought said, your baby girl is absolutely beautiful. I'm so sorry for your loss and we'll keep you and your family in my, in my prayers. And that was from Kennedy that works up there. Madison wrote, I'm so sorry for your loss. She's beautiful. Prayers for you and your family. Uh, Miranda wrote, I'm so sorry for the loss of your beautiful baby girl. Thoughts and prayers are with you during this difficult time. From Alicia, it says, so very sorry for the loss of your baby girl. Uh, love and prayers for, your, for you and your family. And finally, Stacy, and I think this was the one, this was a girl that was so, so good. She stayed in there from the whole time we were in there, you know, talking to us. She held the ventilator and everything. Uh, she held the vent line and everything. Yeah, she's, oh, man. She held the vent line for two hours so she yeah. can hold her. Yeah. And you know that wasn't easy. That She was in a <laughs> awkward position and uh, physically and emotionally, too, so. But anyway, says Victoria, I'm so sorry for the loss of your baby. Prayers for you and your family during this difficult time. And uh, like I said, that's from the, the staff at uh, Princeton Community Hospital. And uh, as I said, I've got nothing but positive to say about about them for the for the doctor that uh, that worked with her. But. Um, Thank you for watching this special edition of Faithful Freedom featuring the full-length interview with the White family who lost baby Naomi just 11 hours after she was born. Uh, we are showing you each of the families and doctors featured in our film. Each episode of Faithful Freedom is the full-length interview that you didn't see all of it in our film, shotdead.org, but you must go there to shotdead.org to view on demand for free our film. If you like this interview, you're going to you're just going to be blown away by the documentary. Um, we'll be back in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about the wellness company and their spike support who was developed by Dr. Peter McCullough that you see in our film, Shot Dead. He was among a group of doctors that formed TWC who lost their jobs for speaking up about the vaccines and pushing back against the lockdowns and the mandates. Spike Support Formula is the only product that contains ingredients researched to block and dissolve COVID spike protein in the bloodstream. Whether you had to get the shot, you had COVID, you just never really got over it, you're watching the research pour in about vaccine shedding, the spike protein can be a serious concern, but there is something you can do about it now to protect yourself and keep you and your family well. Hundreds of people, vaccinated or not, have reported better mental clarity and increased energy levels. The wellness company says take spike support daily to combat spike proteins and get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Go to twc.health slash WTPUSA 
and use code WTPUSA to save 10% at checkout. That's twc.health slash WTPUSA, code WTPUSA for 10% off. Welcome back into this special edition of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. Here in November, we are showing you the full-length interviews of those featured in our film and our documentary, Shot Dead. Today, you are hearing the full-length uh, interview from the White family. Tori White and her father and mother, Jeff and Rhonda, join us to tell about her horrific experience giving birth to a baby who died 11 hours after uh, she was born due to uh, birth malformations after she received the COVID shot in the first trimester of her pregnancy. It's a heartbreaking story, along with all of the stories that we feature in our new film, Shot Dead, at shotdead.org. Anyway, it's other things. Uh, this was a, a sleeper uh, that I guess they were going to put her in. But, uh, just... A little long feet on her feet. Yeah, yeah, she has long feet. So, but that's that's one of the sleepers, and it was a kind of a bib, I guess. That's that's cute. And another little shirt ties in the back. And I guess it's a receiving blanket. But all that stuff, we look at it, but, uh, you know, it's unfortunately unused. And that that's pretty much it. Uh, there is, there's also a, one of her hospital um, wristbands. And, uh, but like I said, the staff put this together as, us at the hospital and sent us home with it, the little memory box. And uh, but that's what we've got uh, from from them. She Tori has been so strong. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine what she, what she has gone through emotionally. I know we've tried to support her as much as we can, but there's there's just you know, how do you try try to find the words when there are none? You know, it's. Just hope uh, all this stuff can be sorted out to where no families have to have to go through this the way uh, the way we did and the way Naomi did because uh, for those eleven hours she was alive it was it was terrible it was absolutely terrible I. Remember walking into the room and she was under the heat lamps, uh, and the, all the tubes and vents. And she was on a, on a ventilator, of course. Uh, had one one lung, only one lung was working; the other was completely collapsed. Um, and every time, of course, the ventilator would breathe in, just one side of her chest would inflate and deflate. There was a hole in some, something, I think maybe the bad lung had a hole in it, and so the chest cavity was filling up with air, so they had to put another tube in to suck all that air out. And uh, 
you couldn't touch her without touching no. a wire no. or a tube. No, it was. I don't, I think it was like an hour after she was born that I actually got to see her because they were trying to find places to, that would take her in and do surgeries for her. And about the time they found a place that would come get her is when I got to see her. And she was, she was kicking, like kicking the cords and stuff when I saw her. But that was it. She was just laying there. Yeah, uh, they the the one hospital that would take her that was willing to at least consider it was Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Children's Hospital. They sent a crew of I think three doctors down by helicopter, and. Uh, they said there's no way she would have even survived the trip from the from the room in in Princeton just to the helicopter. Yeah, she, would, she wouldn't have su survived even that trip, much less the ride in the chopper uh, up to Pittsburgh. It was pretty rough. I um. I noticed a lot of stuff that was way different than Piper's. The movements were different. Um, I think it was just the movements that were pretty different. I was in pain a lot compared to my first pregnancy. She just kept saying, something's wrong, Mom, something's wrong. And, of course, I'd say, no, you're all right. You just went to the doctor and... It wasn't all right. <clears throat> what I was told when she was born and they told me what was going on, that my OB admitted that he didn't look thoroughly through her ultrasounds at her anatomy scan. And he said he went back to check and there was just like a slight tiny hole that was there and he had missed it. So... He didn't know until it was too late. I think they said it. I think the hole was on this side, wasn't it? Mm. Or diaphragm. It was, yeah, it was diaphragmatic uh, hernia um, that she had. And, uh, but like I said, if, uh, a very tiny hole uh, in the diaphragm that he just, just missed. I was, at the time I was working at a nursing home, I think it was, and they gave us a deadline for the COVID vaccine, and I think I had to get, they told me I had to get a medical exemption, or I could get the vaccine, or I could retire. Get fired. Yeah, pretty much get fired. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Griggs. And surrounding the film Shot Dead, the whites are featured in it at shotdead.org. We encourage you to go there, watch it, share it with your family and friends. We will be back in just a moment.
Today's case spotlight, We the Patriots USA vows to hold COVID shot manufacturers liable for fraud in EUA applications. On October 23rd, just days before the completion of this film, We the Patriots USA broke the news that it intends to file litigation against Pfizer for its failure to disclose the presence of contaminants in the shots to the regulatory authorities or the public in seeking emergency use authorization. Ernest Ramirez, the Martins, they have already agreed to be plaintiffs in that litigation. These families featured in our documentary, Shot Dead. We are asking for your help to stand up for these children and so many others who have been shot dead. Join the fight to get justice for the victims by making a donation at wethepatriotsusa.org. Welcome back into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, a special edition episode like we are doing all month long, showing you the full length interviews with each of the families and doctors and whistleblowers shown in our film Shot Dead. This, this documentary, it's heartbreaking, but you have to watch it. It's a film that they do not want you to see. Go to shotdead.org, but first hear from the White family. So later that month, I went and got the vaccine before the date was done. And it was your first trimester. Yeah. And that was my first trimester. And then I I had to go for a second one two weeks later and had no idea of what I was in for. But they never like warned me or anything when I was getting my vaccine, just told me I could get it. So I got it just to keep my job. I think I got mine at Walmart. I think I was exactly 39 weeks when she was born. I was induced. Because my OB was, he was working in two different locations. And by the time he'd be back in town, I'd be too far along in my pregnancy. So he decided to induce me early before he went out of town. When I got to the hospital, I was I was having contractions. And they were getting my information and everything. And I told her that I was worried about the IV part. So we, uh, she prepped me to get my IV and everything. And it just so happened right when I, she was done getting my IV, Naomi's heart dropped. Extra, like, I think it was what, like the 40s? And it didn't come up for eight minutes. And they were changing me in different positions and trying to get me get me oxygen, trying to get me to breathe, and it just wasn't coming up. And they said a C-section was optional, but they didn't think I needed it. And um, so when it started cut my her ox her heart rate started coming up, and they had me lay back down, and then every time I would lay on my back, her heart rate would drop. So, like, the f- beginning of labor wasn't, like, the greatest. Like, pretty much through the whole thing, it wasn't. I had to be tilted on my side with, like, several pillows behind my back. It was just awful. I was kind of questioning at the time why I didn't get a C-section or why they weren't suggesting it or even not giving me an option, but... It was just horrible. I 
like I kind of like at the beginning of it when I noticed that her they're like a whole bunch of nurses started storming in and trying to get me in different positions like I knew like with her heart rate that down that far and like her oxygen wasn't getting she wasn't getting enough oxygen I knew like if she didn't get oxygen quick that she was not even gonna make it to be born she'd pass and I was just at the time I was like just I'd be okay if you give me a c-section as long as she's healthy and she's fine I don't care and just so happened they'd wanted to wait until my OB got there they watched her heart rate pretty good when it came back up and waited to see if he wanted to if I should and he just said that's like a long drop for her heart rate and they never said anything else about it throughout the rest of the labor I was like well I felt like that if he didn't have any worry if he wasn't suggesting anything that I'd be fine so I managed just to like pull through like until it was time to push and then I noticed that like a whole bunch of nurses were just looking at me and everything and they were starting to take my temperature and everything and putting oxygen on me and it just like seemed like nobody was talking and would tell me anything until she was born and then from there it just went downhill um well at first they when they had got her out and tried to put her on my stomach she fell off my stomach and I was freaking out I was like I don't understand what's going on they were just looking at me and he eventually I let my sister cut um her umbilical cord and they had laid her on my chest and I noticed that I knew that like sometimes babies come out and they're purple and they just like they're okay like after a while and I stood there and like she maybe cried one time and after that like she la she laid there and I looked at her she was looking at me and then like it's like she kept turning purple and purple and just wasn't getting enough oxygen and they let me give her a kiss and they like took her away and said that oh she'll be fine she just needs oxygen and maybe some IV fluids and that's the last time I saw her after that I held her for like right when they were pulling the plug and that was it it might have been the Pittsburgh doctors came I think the pedi pediatrician came in one time and said that she was very sick and that um the nurses that I had in my room were pretty quick on getting her intubated and all the IVs and stuff and she told me that I don't even I don't even think she even told me she had a hole in her diaphragm I think is when she came in with the um other doctor from Pittsburgh and had told me that they're going to check her blood levels again. And I think they said they were going to do a brain scan and see if they were coming up. And it was not even two seconds later and they told me it wasn't coming up. And, and that's when they had left. And maybe like 20 minutes later they came in and told me that even if they even tried 
to get her to the helicopter that she might not make it. Because they had her in this... What did they say it was? They had her on this type of machine. It's like a barometric or something. It's some type of, like, oxygen machine that's better than the, the ventilator. And they said that she... They had her on in it and on it and everything and they said that she wasn't stabilizing and stuff and that if any chance they gave me was that if she did happen to make it to Pittsburgh she'd be on ECMO for the rest of her life. Hmm. It was very like for personally for me it was rough and I kind of knew. What if when they put her in my arms, there was no chance. Her body was so heavy, and her mouth was purple, and I just. It wasn't fun. It wasn't what I wanted for her. She uh she kept saying I miss you so much, Naomi. I'm You can only imagine that. I mean, having to spend the nine months feeling the, the kicks and the movements. and It's okay. You know, she she had a bond with her that will... It's okay. Mothers understand, but that's... It's okay. Well, it, it of course, saddens me. I, I just... You want to fix things. You want to... That's, that's what a dad's job is, is to fix things. And when something like this comes up that you can't fix, it's just, you just feel totally helpless. And so the only thing I can do, you know, I can give words and things like that. And but they, even they don't. No. They don't. They don't really do any any help. Just you got to be there, and that's what I've that's what I've tried to do is to is to be there. Try to be as positive as I could, and try to turn this terrible negative into a try to make sense of the senseless just by, by, by presence and, uh, but now that's and now knowing what I know about the uh, about the uh, about the shot possibly being behind this I don't know it for sure you know, with the dif with the hernia who knows but with the other complications like the Shortened umbilical cord. How short was it, Rhonda? Just like this. Three inches, they said. Three inch long umbilical cord. And that's why the hernia ripped more. Is when she was pushing, it was pulling her back in, and then they was pulling, and she was being sucked back. It was just too much pressure. You know, and, and I know you want to look for answers too, and fortunately. 
tearing your podcast. I'm a matter of fact, before I met you all today, I've listened to your latest. And uh, so that's, but I, I got Naomi Wolf. I listened to her. Uh, it was either on yours or, or Steve Dace's. I'm not sure which, uh, but when she, they, she was talking about placental abnormalities being found. I said, well, the cord is attached to the placenta. But her her uh, placenta was also. It was like this big. It was the size of a baseball. He didn't explain anything to me, but he said that it was like shorter than normal. He told me, he kind of tried to reassure me that it wasn't my fault and that later, like earlier that night, um, there was another girl that had the same issue, but hers ended up surviving. He told the baby's daddy that they usually see one in 2,500, and he had seen one in his whole career of 40, 30 or 40 years, and he had seen three in the last month. He, he saw two. two that night. Thank you for watching this special edition, Shot Dead edition of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. We will be back in just a moment. Is all of this information wanting you to dive further into this? Well, you can go to TarynGregson.com, sign up for our newsletter and get our free aluminum, which are in all of these vaccines, HPV, MMR, and fluoride resource guides. Those will be sent directly to your inbox as soon as you sign up for our free newsletter. And um, we just love to have this community going because we feature resources in there for you, resources that you can also see in our website, like the vaccine exemptions by state. You can go on there, download the PDF, click on which state you live in, and you can get the exemption information that you need, whether religious, philosophical, what have you for your child. You can also see under our resource section, breaking news, recipe, clean living tips, and so much more at TarynGregson.com. Thank you for tuning in to this special November edition of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson as we all month long are showing the full length interviews of our families, whistleblowers, and experts featured in our documentary, Shot Dead. Please, 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 it, this is a powerful interview, but it's so much more powerful with all of these stories woven together at shotdead.org. This is the first film showing the humanity, showing just parents who have lost their children to this shot. It is very powerful. And the biggest way you can support this film is by sharing it, sharing shotdead.org with your family, friends, loved ones on social media. You can, you can help. You can make a difference. You can make a difference by heading to wethepatriotsusa.org and giving to the litigation fund for these families to seek justice for their horrific losses. Go to shotdead.org to view the film. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, I guess the cord, placenta, uh, the hernia, um, she had two brain bleeds, but we yeah. have, have no clue where they came from. Yeah, you know, they didn't tell us if it was from delivery or they didn't tell us at all. I happened to notice 
when I was holding her while she was on the bed after they took the cord, the um, tube out, that I noticed blood was coming out of her ear, and nobody had said anything to me about it. She had little pustules. Oh yeah, the on her head that were weeping. Fluid. Now. The weeping blood fluid. And they were. I remember that uh, nurse. You remember that nurse that had the blonde hair, she, mm-hmm. the ponytail. I had asked her what that was, and she squeezed her head. Mm-hmm. And she said it was like a fluid or something, but that looked like excessive fluid. Yeah. Um. So there was that, and the lack of um, gas exchange. Uh, that caused her body to go acidic, and um, yeah, it just shut down the body completely shut down. So, and there was just nothing to. We know what we're going through, but I, you know, we have no idea what that little baby went through. Went through a living hell on earth uh, to get to heaven. My dentist, <laughs> she's, you know, still young enough to have babies. And they say, as long as you're fertile, do not get that COVID shot. I don't care what they tell you, whatever, do not get that shot. And then I pull out my phone and show them Naomi and say, this is a tragedy of that shot. And you can't, nobody will convince me otherwise. Nobody. I feel like it is because I went through such a like normal pregnancy before and then after like a couple years later I get pregnant again and I take these this vaccine and it's like totally different everything's just different than it was before and I don't know I just hope nobody has to go through what I have to I probably wouldn't be lovely if I just say something. Just, I don't think anybody should have to take a shot. I don't think nobody should be forced to take a shot just to keep their job. Especially if you don't know the consequences of the shot. Anybody that works industry, and that's that's what I'm doing now is working work in industry, safety is preached every single day, all day long. Um, <clears throat> one place I worked said, take two, take two seconds for safety. And, um, you know, it, it's always preached, think through the task, you know, just do all this stuff, think through what you're doing. There was no thought to this uh, to this shot. None. Well, they were thinking about something. Um, but safety for the for the American people for the world that was the last consideration. The last. I'm convinced of that. It was money, money, money. Let's get as many people jabbed as we possibly can. And uh, 
I just hope the money was worth it. A baby. Cost her a sister. Another granddaughter. And a, and a daughter. It's, um, it's immeasurable. Just, yeah, it was just wrong on, on every, every level, everything you could, every level you could possibly imagine. Um, that was horrible. Very painful. I mean, if you knew that, if you followed pregnancies that ended up in miscarriages or stillborns and stuff like that, then why attempt to give more moms vaccines? If you know that some people have lost their babies. One is too many. Yeah, that that three-letter word, why? Why? It just, that's the one thing I'd like to hear from is why. I know the reason. Too much money. Um such a hurry to get through this whole you know, to get to this vaccine operation warp speed well it that's exactly what it was they bypassed every safety protocol every testing protocol just to get it out and I'll, I'd like other than that I'd like to know why but we never will at least I, pr I probably never will I would just like to know if there was any data as to how long these things last. You know, like, if she was to get pregnant this summer, does she still have that risk? What, when is the safe zone to try again? I guess I'm saying. Um, like she said, I... I'm afraid the next time I get pregnant, it's going to be the same thing over again. Just something different. I feel okay. Just taking a step, one step at a time. Well, I just want to say a special thank you to everybody who's, who's working on collecting this data. Um, want to thank you for reporting on it and uh, said a lot of the things I've learned are a result of uh, listening to your to your program and and others uh, come here and uh, we just have to put a stop to this uh, you know if America's going to be free we've got to be free in every every aspect especially with our with our medical decisions we've got to be informed uh, which i don't think we were because like i said there was the data was being suppressed um, we've got to be informed we have to be educated and the data has to be real and none of that was none of that happened so but now the data is coming 
uh, if if people will listen. And uh, I'm going to do all I can to uh, to help people to hear. We just need to again have a choice, not be told yeah. what we have to do. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. We the Patriots USA does not endorse or recommend any product or service advertised on this program. We the Patriots USA is not a healthcare provider and cannot provide medical advice or treatment.